Welcome in, you are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast, a new type of podcast this week. We're going to be doing a bit of Q&A. Now I've added a question form at the bottom of the email because sometimes people will send me emails with questions or they will send them on Instagram and I thought, well, this could be a better way to address those because Mikey and I, who's in the studio, we can go through them. There'll be some things I can talk about. There'll be some things Mikey can talk about. And there'll be some things that like, I can't probably talk about because I can't be giving financial advice. Uh, but some of these, most of these things are quite basic. But we will go through some of the ones that have been asked already. Now, I guess the thing that I've found interesting when people have been sending these questions through, mate, is, um, and I've done a pod on this, but... I just want to reiterate, like a lot of people, I don't think they know how to think, which sounds confusing, but we don't really get taught how to think, and we all make decisions differently, so I think you've got to do some work to figure yourself out to then understand your own decision-making process. Mm. As an example, I had a young guy messaging me on Instagram recently, I've studied this, 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 and this, like four degrees, and then something else, and... I'm now doing a finance paper or something or um, certificate so they could work in the financial space. And they wanted some advice around like, well, you know, what do you think I should do? And I'm like, fucking do. Like, do some doing. Stop yeah, studying. Yeah. Like, I, I don't get it. What I'm like, mate, what is your question? Yeah, um, I mean, uh, I, th- I think the same way. So, I mean, one of those questions that you sent through was about, like, best way to save. Yeah. And I was like, just save. There's like, no, and that's the other pillar of this is there's, if you uh, if you're obsessed with finding the best, the best way, yeah. you're gonna get let down, and you're not gonna take action. You're better off just like being like, right, I'm gonna save this much, cool job done. Maybe it's a term deposit, maybe it's a savings account, maybe it's a share money, whatever you want to do. Yeah, just just do it. Like I wrote here, do you have two hundred and fifty grand yet? If not, fucking get on with it. Start saving. Yeah. So like, it just doesn't matter. Um, I think I think doing is such a massive barrier because we can be like. There's such an overload of information right now, you know, like there's all these stories about how over the next 50 years the share market can com- compound at 7% and all this shit, and yeah, all of that can be correct, but like, if you've got zero dollars right now and you're asking how to save, just fucking save, like yeah. get to 10 grand, doesn't yes. matter if it's in a transactional account with no interest, like, just just get it there. Practice. Yeah, yeah, get it, get yeah, that going. target. Yeah, and... This this dude, I said, man, like, why do you, why have you done so much study instead of any doing? Mm. And he said, to be honest, it's the pressure from my parents. I'm like, well, don't message me, bro. Go follow a counselor. I'm like, go and work through that shit. Seriously, man, like that that could fuck up the rest of your life. Mm. Don't worry about them. And then anyway, he came back a couple of days later. Hey, mate, I saw you were explaining about buying your first share. I've set up sharesies and hatch. Oh, no. Which one do you think I should use? I'm like. Bro, what the fuck? I'm like, <laughs> just use one. It doesn't matter. You know, just use one. And I said, I don't, like, I don't think like you. So I don't know which one you should use. No. Like, I use a software or a product or a service to get me an outcome. And outcome being, I want to buy my first share. Sharesies can help me do that. Done. He's like, but what, what platform do you use? I'm like, 
bro, you're not getting it. Like, <laughs> just do, do the doing. And I said, mate, I use Shazies, Hatch, Direct Broking, Craig's. I'm like, so there's four. I'm like, now what? Now you're double fucked. Because I've. Fuck, <laughs> poor bugger. I'm like, man. <laughs> oh, no. So. Just do. Yeah, I was, I was you know, I, I, I sound bad, like, or rash or, you know, unfair, but I was trying to teach this dude. I'm like, man, you need to, um, like, clean up the way you're thinking. And when I understood this concept of trying to clean up the way you're thinking and how you make decisions, your life gets so much easier. Yeah, I think I just have a framework in my head and I've, like, got a, I've got a something I've got to do. If it's like, right, I'm going to learn how to... Like, I recently went through a process of learning how to short the share market, right? Yeah. Because... You know, you think it's going down. I think it's going down, and I'm like, "Fuck! I need to be able to make money of this if I'm confident." Yeah. So, but I didn't know how to do it. So I was like, Google found mm. out. And I was like, "Oh, there's this thing on Shazies you can buy that does it for you." Boom, done. Yeah. Fifty grand. Boom. See you later. Whoa, fifty <laughs> rack. <laughs> I, I said to this dude, I said, "Mate." If I wanted to know which is the best platform, I'd go read Google reviews and I'd go watch YouTube reviews. But I don't want to know that. I want to know how to buy fucking share. And both of them can do it, so I'd just use them to do it. Yeah, I just went for like the simplest outcome to achieve what I thought I wanted to achieve. Yeah. And you can practice your thinking. Like I always talk about it for Kiwis. Like if you're going to the bottle store, practice making a decision before you go in there. So like, oh, you get in there, there's all these choices. Same when you go to a restaurant. Like that's how you can learn about your decision-making process. And each of us have a different profile. As an example, you might be like input, for instance, where they want all of the data, all of the information. Or you might be an activator like me. I roll into a restaurant. They're like, are you ready to order? I'm like, yep. But, but I, because I'm just like, well, I'll just look at the menu and just quickly pick something. And everyone at the table's like, what the fuck, mate? We're not ready to order. I haven't even looked at it. And I'm like, Sorry, oh. right, mate. I knew six months ago I was ordering the steak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, oh, there's a steak, there's a chicken. Yeah, I'll have the steak, you know? So you've got to figure out who, who you are. I think, you know, that, there's some overarching things here. Let's get into some of these questions. Yeah. What have we uh, got here? The first one I've got for us, mate. Do you recommend setting young children six to 17 years up in KiwiSaver? The government no longer make this one-off contribution when you start the KiwiSaver and it appears that anything in an existing account is sucked up in fees. This is a great question. Yeah. Because I've got a bit of a different thought process on it, eh? What do you got for us, mate? <sighs> so this basically, should we set up KiwiSaver for our children? Between yeah, yeah. So um, instantly I was like, yeah, that's a good idea because you're going to be putting money away and by the time the kid gets to 18, they can buy their own home or you know they'll have a mm. an earlier start of compounding returns. But honestly, the, I probably used to think like that and now I'm like... Maybe put a bit more effort into thinking around what you're trying to achieve with that. And my sort of answer was, like, it could be a good idea, but between now and when that kid's 18, let's just call it, you know, somewhere between 10 and 15 years, do you reckon you could triple your income instead of worrying about KiwiSaver? Mm. And then you have financial security and the lessons to pass on to your 18-year-old on how to do it? Wow. Mm. So I'm like... Going even further. Yeah. So maybe you can do both. Yeah. You know, but um, I don't know. I'm just like, at the moment, I'm in the mode of like, fuck team, let's roll. Let's get everyone doing way better. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. And I'm doing it with my guys at work too. Like we're, we're trying to really yep. level up here and I'm getting quite aggressive on it in long-term planning. And, you know, mm. if you've got a 10-year gap before your kid's going to be 18, what can you do in the next 10 years that will give you 
a teaching and a lesson that you can pass down and maybe yeah. if money if you want to do that. I don't you know. I I would do it and then I would use it as a way to talk to my kids about money. So I'd be like, Hey, what's your Kiwi saver balance? Mm-hmm. And like be able to sit down with them and go, Okay, to get them understanding it. The thing I like I've been given money in my life and I haven't felt the value of it because I haven't had to work for it so then I blow it I know Mm. not everyone's like that but I know a lot of people talk like that they say well you know if you just give someone like say a kid gets to 18 you're like hey mate you've got 60 grand in your KiwiSaver account and well well, fuck so Mm. but given that most Kiwis they want to grow up and buy a property it probably is good and smart to whack some money into a KiwiSaver let it time in the market compound over time Mm. teach them about it and then they're probably going to draw that cash out and buy a house, right? So you're going to give them an unfair advantage. Good. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. I Done. Think, I think it's a. I think it's an admirable thing to do. Yeah. Um. Use there's it. no reason why you can't do that and what I said. So. Yeah, yeah. Do both. Yeah. And, yeah, use it as a way to have conversations with your kids about money. I reckon that's probably... Yeah, I guess when you get to 18, you're like, cool, here's uh, 60 grand that we've been doing. This is how compound interest works. Mm. And this is what we've put in over the total period and it turned into this. Yeah. Make sure that there's a lesson involved. And then, I don't know, you could even say like, you can use it for your first home, but you've got to do this, this and this or whatever. So yeah, there's a yeah. lesson in there, you know. See, I'm I'm buying shares at the moment for my nephew. So I'm kind of doing this and I buy them yeah. every birthday. And um, if I could have brought shorts, he'd be doing a lot better because yeah. they're <laughs> going backwards. <laughs> but the lad's got a thousand bucks worth of Heartland Bank shares. How good. Yes. Um, but I'm worried. I'm like, oh, I need to turn this into a way to educate him. But also, he might be like, Uncle, I don't fucking care, man. Like, get out of here with your sheer shit. And I'll yeah. be like, oh, okay. But I'm sure, you know, this is going to put him through some form of education or something. Like, who, who knows? But I'm kind of just doing it as a, as a bit of a, um, like a case study as well for myself. Mm. And, and it forces me to, yeah, actually think, okay, what should I invest in for him and then track it all and stuff like that. But yeah, it's going to allow us to have some cool conversations, I think, and I'll try and do that for my kids too. Now, the next question says, uh, there's a feedback box as well if you want to leave some feedback, but also if you could give the, if you're listening to the podcast right now, give it a five-star review because it will help get this in front of someone. I actually saw it's down to 4.9, so someone must have given us a lower than five rating, mate. Mm, that would have been on the back of that hate mail. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Tate. That bloody, we shouldn't have done that pod, mate. You know, got me 4.9 <laughs> now, not five. Uh, this one says, you are doing a great job, and you're sexy too. I love you. That's um, shout out to Taz. Eh? Oh damn it! Yeah, <laughs> that is Taz. Yeah, that's my partner. But I um, I actually quick story for the listeners out there, mate. I got an email the other day from someone saying, um, "Hey, no, oh, I'm actually quite intoxicated, but uh, <laughs> but are you single? You're so sexy, and your knowledge is is amazing, or something like that." And you never know unless you ask. And I was like, hey, thanks heaps for your email. But uh, no, I have a, uh, a 12 out of 10 partner. and uh, But appreciate your feedback. And I always think um, <laughs> I, I want to take like a thing like that and put it on LinkedIn and be one of those dudes. Because, you know, you often you'll see women being like, fucking social media isn't for dating. Like, stop trying to hit on me in the DMs. <laughs> and they get huge traction. I always think, oh, it'd be quite funny if I'm like, it's just sickening how so how women just think they can just email me like this and, <laughs> and think that I, and objectify me. Um, but I think I'm opening up a can of worms, so I didn't do it. Yeah, good. Okay, next question. 
I've started a side gig with photo and video work. Nice. I've registered for GST and have got Henry handling everything for me. Do you think I should put my camera gear into the business to claim depreciation and tax back? I'm unsure in case I need to close the GST registration for any reason. Um, really enjoy the content, mate. You keep it real and informative while not boring. Great question. Is that going to depend on what the income level is going to be? Yeah, I mean, if that's primarily what they're using it for, for business, I would suggest do it, claim the GST back, yeah. and it'll depreciate, which will then add an expense to your um, your business effectively, therefore decreasing the profit, therefore decreasing the tax you need to pay. Yeah. Now, when you sell those items or say you go, I'm not going to do this anymore, then you've got to sell them at the current market value or the value that you actually sell them to someone for, yeah. and you've got to return the GST on that. So just so this is because uh, your your accounting brain yeah. is really easy to understand this. So if I buy um, like a camera for my photo business, yep. and it's five thousand dollars, <throat> let's say it's two thousand three hundred because that's two grand plus GST. Okay, two thousand three hundred dollars. Yep. and then we put it through the books and everything, um, and we start depreciating it. Yeah, and then in two years, on the books, it's depreciated to probably like. Yeah. And then I decide to close down the business and sell the camera gear, but I sell it for $1,500. Yep. So we're not selling it for book value. So that's technically, even though we've claimed the depreciation back as an expense, and now because we're selling it at $1,500, not $800, that is technically a profit that we have to pay tax on, right? Correct. Depreciation recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In, In equipment, like usually... It will lose value because technology moves so quickly. Yeah. 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 So very seldom do we have clients who sell things and they actually make a gain on that compared to what its value should be. Like depreciation rates are pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would say for this person to do it, especially if you're going to be doing it longer term, and yeah, you just be be warned that if you claim the GST on it, then if you sell it, then you're going just, to pay back. I know if you like mates that are builders and stuff that went and bought like Toyota Land Cruisers. Gotcha. And they've fucking depreciated and gone up in value. Yeah. Just because like... Big troubles. Shortage of stock, really good car, people can't replace them and all this stuff. So yeah. if wow. they want to move them out of the business, they've got to pay it back, right? Hey, here's the next one. My partner and I have a mortgage with around 600k owing, approximately 700k of equity. Looking for ways to use some equity as we both in our early 30s have weighed up an investment property, but very difficult at the moment to find anything with a good enough yield so that we are not constantly dipping into our own pocket. Also considering leveraging into uh, REITs or ETFs, but with interest rates quite high now, in comparison, the return of these doesn't seem worth the risk. What are good options or ways to use use the equity? Or is it just best to dollar cost average some of our savings into something like an ETF weekly to not increase our risk? Jeepers. So what they're saying here, I guess, is... a lot of moving parts there, first of all. Yeah, they've got some equity in their property. They want to be able to make money work for them or make their equity work for them. One of their options is, do I buy a rental property, which the banks love? You'd use the equity to then buy the second property. You'd need to be able to actually repay those mortgages and something like that Mikey would be able to help you with. Now... Then they're saying, well, maybe we should take some of that equity and buy stocks mm. or invest over a small amount of time. So then instead of paying down the debt, they're investing, hoping to get a better return than the return of paying down their mortgage, which the return is effectively decreasing the amount of interest you have to pay. Yeah. Um, that's a f- that's a funny one. Like In terms of rental property right now, it's really like the yields are way out of whack. Yeah. Like it's very hard to find something that will cover its expenses at the moment, um, especially 
You keep talking, mate. I'm going to get another beer. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, yields are way out of whack. Um, you'll have a hard time finding rent that will cover mortgage costs. It means that it will basically run at a loss, right? And on paper, that's a terrible investment. Why would anyone want to invest in something that runs at a loss for a long time? Um, and then if you go and compare it to the share market, that shit's going down the drain at the moment as well. Yeah. So it's a hard, really hard time to make decisions like this. I mean, I think long term, you just have to figure out what you want to achieve. Like you need to narrow these things down with uh, what the end result you're after is and then just go and commit to them and make plans and do it. It's really hard to yeah. say what the best investment vehicle is right now because they all look like dog shit. <laughs> yeah. And that's a really good point you raise. And I think going back to the start of this, another one of those pillars, when you're asking these questions, we don't have any context of where you're trying to get to, mm. you know. Uh, so think about that for yourself too. Do the five-year pod, for instance. What are you actually trying to achieve? For these people, for instance, that maybe to get a rental property to then be able to eventually pay off both and then have a passive income from their rental income mm. when they're retired and then have somewhere to live rent-free, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a tricky one to answer, but... Yeah, at least they're exploring the, yeah, the ways to, to use. Mm. Yeah, if you've got extra, um, you can also, like he's talking about DCAing into like savings and other stuff, you can add that extra DCA into your mortgage and reduce that. That wouldn't hurt. Yeah, well, um, you're guaranteed the return because you're decreasing your interest, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. That kind of works like reverse compounding, right? Because you're reducing every time your mortgage balance goes down, there's a less, the portion of interest you're paying as the bank is getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... It, Property, property, property. Just don't make giant financial decisions based on social acceptance, people. Wee, I like that. <laughs> I'm 17 and starting university next year and will have savings plus a job to pay for living costs, etc. However, am I better off getting a student loan to pay for my cost next year and invest my money or stay debt-free and not invest very much? I will have about 10K plus saved by February and my costs is about 250 to 300 a week. Again, we don't know what the market's going to do, right? So like... This is a great one, right? Yeah, very smart like at this, 17. This, this kid, the only part he's got wrong, like you can tell that he wants to achieve and earn and mm. get wealthy. So just don't go to uni. <laughs> 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 Shit. Fucking mess, you're going to crush me. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing, Levi? I think his name is. <laughs> no, um, switched not, on. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, I just, I just think that um, I see student loans suck the life out of people later on in life even though they're interest free yeah yeah it's like a it just hangs over you right yeah because there's nothing attached to it yeah like you don't get anything there's no it's not like you've got an asset on the other side of that you're the asset but Mm. you can you can turn yourself into a valuable vehicle without that four years of training yeah I reckon this guy like he's thinking and he's obviously pretty clever he should just get into sales or something and just go smash coin (laughs) we could probably do that on the side I think it's quite smart though like invest the money as they go. I was talking to a mate of mine yesterday and he was telling me how young father at his work invested his whole way through his uni days and has like 20 grand saved and, and managed funds. And my mate was like, I didn't even fucking learn what managed funds were until the last couple of years. <laughs> like, what the hell are people yeah, but or like access these, to information, this, eh? These younger generations and stuff have got more access to that information. You're yeah. Right? Like, I remember going to school with no mobile phone, mate. Mm. <laughs> mm. Different times. <laughs> So if you can borrow money and you're not paying any interest on it, well then, yeah, like maybe arbitrage it and figure out can you get a return on it. The problem is that if it doesn't work, then 
get margin called on life. <laughs> yeah. But if you can do it over a long period of time, then hey. That's exactly what I was thinking about the previous question about equity and then roll it into the share market. Like, if the share market and the housing market go down, how's that going to feel? Yeah. Oh, you know? brutal. <laughs> brutal. Just be careful with that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, this this is amazing that a 17-year-old's thinking along these lines. Well done. Outstanding. Yeah, I was probably man. thinking about, you know, was I going to be able to kiss my first girl? Actually, I think I had by 17, but... Um, yeah, what other bad shit I could get up to at university, whether I could rinse my gorse plate across through the slots and double it. <laughs> How do you know when you should quit on a business or do you keep trying? Quit on a business or do you keep trying? Wow. It's a real tough one, right? It's yeah. a great question, though. Um, you, cool. How do I answer this? Mate, I see so many people over-invest money in businesses purely out of emotion, and they think... I've gotten this far, I just need to keep going. And I think, wow. I think the to- the age of the person's quite important in that scenario too, right? Yeah. Like if you're, if you're 60, if this person's asking this question and they're having a, a tough time with their business and they're 60, um, like do you just keep going until you're 65 and then try and sell whatever's left over or... You know, I think it would be more important to probably stick with it if there's a shorter time frame. If you're 30 and it's tough, fucking, and the market's saying that there's no value here, then bin it and go do something else. Yeah. Go, you know, you've got time um, yep. on your side to, to rebuild something. Um, I think the other thing is, is you have to ask yourself, is the market not liking it? Or are you not putting in the work to make it work? Yeah. Are you doing something that's that's lazy or... I don't know, whatever, you know. Yep. Have you have you really tried properly? Have you put everything into it? If you have, that means the market's telling you that there's no room for this. Yeah. So bin it. Yeah, it's Sad. giving you the feedback. Yep. Yeah, John Key John Key once said, um, sometimes you've got to know when to fold. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a really, it's a tough one, eh? But mm. um, I think it's an important one because it can just start soaking up years of your life. Yeah, life's too short, man, to do shit yeah. you don't like and yeah. to be like going into debt to run a business that's not adding enough value like yeah. that where it gives you a profit. Yeah. Um It's like it's, it's like would you go to work for free? No, of course you wouldn't. So yeah. why are you running a business for free? I think free? there's actually quite a lot of these businesses in New Zealand, little so ones. So many. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it's a bit harsh, but I just reckon yeah, you should just, you know, definitely age dependent, you know, if you're two two or three years from retirement. Mm spend the next two or three years building it to a point where it's worth it you can sell yep. if you can but yeah. you know, if you're 30 or 35 and you've got time to recreate something or go and get a different job then bin it tough to know what's going on for this business owner I had a call this this week with a business owner who starting to get behind on their debts and stuff mm. I talked to them for about 20 minutes and I said to them what's your plan to get out of this hole Oh, oh we're just, just going to wait for the market to come back but um, yeah I suppose we don't really have a plan I might yeah, that's your problem. That is your problem. You don't actually have a plan. I'm like, your plan needs to be these three things. One, you need to increase your activity. I'm like, your back is against the wall here. You need to fucking just swing as much as you can. So yeah, yeah. I'm like, if we're sending one email a month, that now becomes one a week. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're posting on Facebook once a week, that becomes once a day. You know, like you've got to increase your activity. The second thing I see, you need to forecast your cash flow every single week. Have you done a forecast? Oh, we have a forecast like for when we went and got some more debt. I'm like, that that's different, you know? That's can we please have this asset? Yes, they'll lend they'll give you the debt to buy it. 
Like you need to look at your business every Monday and go, how much oxygen money do we yeah. have coming in? How much have we got in the tank? And how much are we going to have to let out of the tank? And what's going to be left in the tank by Sunday? Every single week you need to be doing that. Mm. I could tell they're like, we're not going to do that. And then the third thing I said, go and speak to a litigation expert. They'll show you what you're in for if you don't solve this. They're going to show you your worst possible outcome. And then you're going to know what you want to try and avoid. I don't even know what that is, but litigation sounds fucking terrifying. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's basically once they, like the IRD get to, get to a point, up. yeah, and they say, hey, like you're, you're done. Like we're closing you down. Yeah. And usually the IRD, so the taxpayer, oh, fuck, get man, it burnt. Makes me shiver. Yeah. You want to avoid that shit. <laughs> yeah. You want to avoid that shit. I got a mate who does that for a business. I'm like, I don't know how you do this, mate. This would is just too yuck for me because it's not about growing, it's about conserving and it's about crushing yeah and it's yeah. just yuck for me like i don't like that yeah and yeah they did email me and said thank you for your advice but the big problem for that business is that they were i didn't even look at any numbers but i could just tell from the things they were telling me mm. they're operating at, operating at a margin that isn't sustainable that isn't profitable and the business isn't really making any money and going back to my example before would you go to a job for free most 99 percent of people wouldn't so why are you running a business for the market for free? And this mm. is quite a large business and very well-known big brand. And I said, um, like often as well, like the, the, the emotion and the arrogance um, can come into play, your ego. So you, I said, oh, how do you know the market's going to come back? And they said, oh, well, we've been doing this for 10 years, so we know. And I'm like, okay, sweet. So that means that you think, just because you've been in business for 10 years that you can predict what the next 10 years are going to be like or that this is just going to somehow miraculously fix itself. But I'm like, if you're at a point where you can't meet your debt repayments, your business is telling you that it doesn't work, like it is broken, and you need to fix that. It's fucking scary. It is. <laughs> Let's get out of that one. Okay, into the next one, mate. Question for the people. Oh, jeez, this is a biggie. I want to hear your take on support services. How to set up your support network and the importance of getting the right professionals around you for the journey. My wife and I have significantly struggled in this area since moving to, back to New Zealand. We're in peculiar financial position and require a team of experts that has almost impossible for us to put together. We're onto our second lawyer, unhappy with our accountant, have had chats with numerous financial advisors and mortgage brokers who don't reply, refer us on or don't instill confidence in what they're doing. That's the finance side of things and don't get me started on the newborn that newborn who we have to deal with midwives Plunkett and the other health professionals who seem to know nothing anyway be interested to know if there is a yarn you can spin around this or some advice you can give me starting to think it's a, it's us that's the problem whether that be we are just flat out fucking annoying to deal with or expectations and standards are too high of services in New Zealand happy to chat further if needed and they gave me their cell phone number now I think they've got it in the last sentence you're the problem it sounds brutal yeah, I wrote my answer on here and I said, without trying to sound rude, there's the common denominator here. <laughs> mm. Honestly, like, and we're not being they offensive. Can't, there can't be multiple mortgage brokers, financial advisors, accountants, accountants and lawyers. Plunkets, everyone. Be. Yeah. They can't all be. No. There must have been one good, I don't know. But yeah, yeah I, don't, um, I don't know. 
my <laughs> I don't yeah. really know how to answer <laughs> that. It's like <laughs> But once you accept that you're the problem, because like for all the business owners we work with, we always get them to the point where they realise like they're the barrier, they're the problem, their mindset's the problem, and if they can fix those things, they can go way further than they thought they could. And when you actually accept that like, ah oh, fuck, maybe that's me. Maybe yeah, on you've the seen problem. This happen heaps, right? Yeah, Once people have the light. You saw me do it. Once the yeah. light bulb goes off, and you're like, "Oh fuck, I've got to make these changes." And they skyrocket, and yeah, people yeah, skyrocket, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, sweet," because you take control back. Because instead of blaming everyone else, yeah, you you get rid of that frustration, and you're just like, "Okay, like let's go," yeah, you know. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's really hard to get yourself to understand that, but yeah, I'm sure you haven't had that much bad luck where you've just bummed into all of these shit people but maybe the other piece of this too is if your expectations aren't being met did you communicate them Mm. that the only that is our fault like if we don't communicate our expectations if you're working with a mortgage advisor and an accountant or whatever you're like i want out of this relationship i need x y and z if that person knows that and can't deliver it to you well then yes they are at fault because they know what your expectations are but you can't let people guess your expectations because you'll guarantee yourself to be let down. Mm. There it is. There's answered. <laughs> Done. Next. All right. Next. <laughs> hey, Luke. Absolutely love your work. So stoked to have such a good resource available. I'm wanting to become a chartered accountant. Oh, no. Poor bugger. <laughs> <laughs> but heard your podcast on how poorly some universities prepare their students for working in the industry. For someone who is wanting to go down that path, do you have any recommendations or tips around ensuring I'm as prepared and attractive as possible for employment? My short-term goals, i.e. the next five years, are to study, graduate, and find as much diverse on-the-job experience as I can. Ultimately, once I've networked in the industry and have enough experience, I just want to start my own firm, keep up the great work, and thanks. Now, this is a person that's really thought about what they want from their life, right? So I actually emailed this person because I was like, if you really want to be a CA, then yeah, you have to go to uni because it's a requirement. And then that gives you qualification as such to then get into the chartered accounting study to then get the certificate of private practice to then go out there and get some clients. So you've got to go through that pathway. My suggestion to them was try and get to the end of it with as little debt as you can. And then also, can you go and work for a firm and learn along the way. So start the, because a lot of people think they need an accounting degree to do accounting work. You don't. Like we have Jade who sits in here yep. and she's doing shit now. Like I'm joking to her. I'm like, you sure you don't want to be an accountant? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> and she's like, no fucking way. But I asked her. up on her, right? Yeah. Because you're around it all the and time. And she's listening to it. And so she's like, oh, um, I saw this for this client. Do I need to code it to provisional tax? I'm like, wow. Like now she understands the concept of provisional tax. Like she gets it. And she's got no desire to be an accountant. But you can learn as you go and then do your learning on the side as well. So I would say get closer to someone who's happy to teach you and for you to learn from them along the way. And even... You know, whether you can do that remotely and do it online, it's just such a easier way. Yeah. Because you find that heaps of the shit you learn at uni, you don't even need it in the workplace or you don't understand it until you actually go to do something. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing about this guy is he's like, he's basically knows exactly where he's going for the next five years, right? Yeah. He's just, got to, he's just trying to add in little parts of value to make sure that journey is as compressed as possible to get him to his end goal. Yeah. So he's going to be fine. Chasing valuableness is always a good option. Next one. 
how do you discuss money with your spouse? Oh, if they shut down every time you bring up the topic. We are 100k in debt, unsecured personal debt, no house mortgage, just dumb decisions. I'm keen on getting out of this hole, but my wife isn't focused or concerned about paying it off. I want to start investing for retirement and saving for a house, but at this rate, we'll be in debt until we're 65. Your TikToks, emails, and podcasts are great. Love some local content. Keep it coming. I read this question out in the office to two young people. Straight away, they were like, break up with them. <laughs> like, which sounds really rude, but shit. Like, that's what where my brain went as well. Well, there's only one answer, and that's to pay off the debt to, like as fast as humanly possible now. Yeah. And if that means... So, like, there's no there's no choice, right? That's it. You, you just have to pay off the debt. So if that means that you end up staying together, great. If you break up because of it, that's it. You've got to have the conversation somehow. It is. We're going to do a podcast for next advisory for this round, trying to get your partner on the same page, because it's something that pops up quite a bit. It's uh, a really hard one. Yeah. Um, but you have to do it, and you have to... I think you have to pack the conversation with with reasons why this needs to change. Yeah. Because <clears throat> if you continue on this road, it's going to stay like this and get worse um, and more expensive and we're going to have less and no future and all of these bad things. And then you need to back it up with the reasons why you want to change it and because of retirement and a home, and, home and, and yeah. all these other things. And then it's like, are you opposed? No? Yes? Yes, well, I'm doing this, so we're going to separate our finances from now on and I'll be on my own. Yep. Um, you can choose to stay around if you want. Oh, grunty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think people that don't want to talk about their finances, they're probably scared, right? They're probably scared to... It's a hard conversation to have, man. Finance is like the like number one reason for divorce. Yeah. Um, and not being on the same page is is asking for it really toxic yeah asking for trouble yeah yeah I really hope this person can sort this one out um, you might need to go and get some help some expert help around this as well if they're not willing to have that discussion you really want to try and figure out how to make this relationship work but yeah, yeah I'd probably start with like right we're going to separate out our finances you okay with 50 grand each so of debt yeah, yeah well if there's 100 grand of unsecured debt there let's split it each way yeah you have fifty, and you can you can keep going if you want. I'll, I'm going to try and pay my one off after you've had the conversation about what you want to do. Good luck to this person. Feeling for you. That would be <laughs> it's a toughie, eh? Yeah, that would be so hard to be in that position where yeah. your partner just doesn't care about finances and just yeah, reckless. Uh, good question here. Bloke called Jamie, Jamie McLennan, ripper guy. Who was the better broker, Jamie <laughs> McLennan or Mikey Smith? Good luck. You had a good answer. I said. Uh, <laughs> Definitely Jamie in a fight, but in the office it's Mikey. <laughs> hey, shout out to Jamie. He's a good lad. He's a good boy. Right, next one. What are the best ways to manage savings for specific goals? Should we put all put it all in investments? Would would reckon we put short term savings for short term goals in a bank? But how do we avoid it from slipping backwards due to inflation? Ways to save for a home deposit. Tips on how to stand out at work for your merit and performance, especially when you have colleagues who like playing politics. Shit. Okay, let's tackle moving, the first one. Yeah, there's a few moving parts there. I think if you're, I don't know, d- d- like that, this is the one where I was like, depends what your savings amount is. Like, is if you're it, trying to go from like three grand to ten grand, then just fucking save it anyway. It doesn't matter. There's a key qu- word in here. What are the best ways? Yeah, like, there's no best ways. It doesn't matter. Just save. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, I think though, um, the other part, protecting yourself from inflation. Like, there's nowhere to hide at the moment. Nah, we're all getting beaten up. Yeah, like. 
fuck, like we we've got inflation and a c- contracting global economy. Like there's yeah, the share markets are trending down, house prices are trending down, interest rates are trending up. Like yep. fuck, it's yep. <laughs> it's brutal. So just save. <laughs> we have to remember, people, ladies and gentlemen, remember we are retail investors. Okay, yeah. we are the average mongrel in the street. Yeah. We're the last in. Yeah, we yeah, are not yeah. spending millions, hundreds of millions, billions yeah. every year. Like people have dedicated teams working full time jobs, sixty hours a week, trying to figure out what to invest in. And when you roll in, you're the last one. You're retail going. I wonder what the best share is that I should buy. Like you're way too fucking late already. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like, yeah. That's why the advice around investing is always just like, just do it. Over time Diversification. and it just you know P five hundred for the next fifty years. <laughs> yeah. Because there's no like you can't just Yeah, yeah. I mean even the, even Warren Buffett in yeah. his will, you know, he's one of the greatest, most wealthiest stock pickers of all time. In his will it says take all of my net worth and just put it in the S and P five hundred. Really? No shit. Wow. Because he doesn't he doesn't want anyone to manage it. Yeah. That's how fucking hard it is. Yeah. He doesn't even trust one person in the world to get it right for him, for his <laughs> wealth. That should be enough for you. So, yeah, I mean, I reckon set targets and just try and get there. Like, that's just as exciting. Even if you are getting beaten by inflation, say it's like, I want to save $10,000 for a kitchen reno. Okay, there's our target. Fuck, how can we do it and how can we do it faster? Okay, we've do a budget. We've got two grand left over each month. Cool, it's going to take us five months. Fuck that. Like, let's do it in three months. Okay. Mm. How are we going to do that? Well, we need extra income. Where's that going to come from? What have we got around here that we don't need? Let's go sell all that shit. What else could we be doing to make some extra cash? Like, that's where you're going to learn. And you're beating inflation anyway because you're doing things you ordinarily wouldn't do. And you're, if you're going to go down that road, you're going to teach yourself extra skills, which can never be taken from you and can be used in the future. Um, there's all sorts of reasons, you know. Like, I think just save. I, I honestly, I think saving over the last couple of years because of house prices and share markets and Bitcoin and all that kind of shit, I think um, saving has just gone out the window. Yeah. Um, and everyone's just gone all in and everything and forgot that it's something you can do. Mm. Um, and I think it's really under underrated and undervalued. Yeah. Like, I make sure I can, I, if I if I go to zero, I've got enough savings to live my at not my current lifestyle, but my average lifestyle for two years. Wow, that's good. Yeah, because that's nice. that's literally I'm so fucking scared of being broke. Yeah, such a pussy that I'm, and I'm, I've got the skill to go and probably mm. make more money somewhere else or do something if I did fail. But um, I just think it's just such a, a a weight off your shoulders, man. Yeah, it's just it is, and like I'm risky as fuck too. Like I'm I'm super conservative, but risky as fuck. Like I'll buy Bitcoin and short the S and P five hundred with like decently sized positions but not if I can't fucking lose everything and survive for two years yeah so I had to do that first before I can go and do that stuff like I've always wanted to do that stuff and learn how to do it but yeah like I I took that that conservative part took care of that made sure I could be okay if I fuck it all up yeah and now I can go take a punt and do that kind of stuff Again, you've got to figure out yourself, right? It's personal, yeah. A lot yeah. of people are okay with having three months as an emergency fund or six yeah. months, you know. I'm not. I'm literally, Some, like, scared as fuck of it, so I have two years. <laughs> well, I made a video about how buy now, pay later is a fucking just, you know, just a scam, and um, which it's not, but it's, you know, it's clickbait. Mm. And people are like, 
but I had an emergency, that's why I used it. And it's like, well, yeah. Like, that's don't, a, that, that's they, not. They created that company to prey on that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Why are so many people liking this? Like, because you're all in the same boat. And I used to be like that too. I'd think, well, actually, I've got no money. I've got no savings. I, it doesn't matter because I could just get more debt. I can get credit somewhere. Mm. But eventually you realize that it's fucking toxic and that it's a trap and that you're stuck there and you think that you're winning. You're like, oh, I'm using someone else's money and all this shit. And then you realize like, ah, oh, actually. And I've seen two very, very successful business owners. One... They're like, fuck, I couldn't sleep at night if I don't have a million cash in my bank account. Mm. I'm like, wow, okay. And then another who's like, twice every year, I get rid of every single dollar I have into a form of investment. Yeah. And I go back to zero and I call it the suck out. And I do that to... Back up against the wall. I've heard this before from other people. I think Grant yeah. Cardone talks about that. Yeah. He's like, at the start of every year, I try and... He's like, oh, I got $40 million in my account last year, and I had to fucking get rid of it. Yeah. And he's like, I need it. And then, you know, the team's booking me a fucking conference on the 2nd of January. Yep. And I'm like, i got to go make that money. And I'm yes. like, fucking hell. But like, I personally can't operate if I'm under that kind of pressure, but some people fucking thrive on it. Yeah. I operate under pressure really well, knowing... That I'm safe if I fuck it. <laughs> yeah. So got a everyone's going to have a different sort of thing there. Um, but yeah. I, I think mean, it depends on your journey too. Like I've gone from someone who's had no money, who's been in debt, who's been like, you know, fuck, this is going to be a sad state if Luke dies today and people realise like, oh shit, this lad just left debt behind. But I had my <laughs> life insurance to cover it, right? Um, to now being like, oh, what do I invest in? Um, how much cash do I have? I don't really feel comfortable investing at the moment because things are going down. So maybe I'll sit on more cash. Oh, but it's getting beaten up by inflation. But, oh, shit, it's pretty cool to have that and know that I've got that safety net of that, that cash sitting there. And so we're always changing and we're evolving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think you learn more as you go. But I think if you if you don't have anything, get the savings done first. Like yeah. It was my biggest thing, eh, is having like a, a backstop. Yeah. Um, fuck, it just, it just, it's like, Bouncing on a trampoline, mate. It's mm. like the first time once once you've got that that base layer I was away. And I think if you're on zero, get up to ten, get up to thirty, and then just send it then. Yeah, and reset your thermostat. So like I did that podcast about saving a hundred K because I thought I'd never be able to save a hundred K. So I was like, I'm gonna do that. And now yeah. I'm trying to do it again. And fuck it is hard. Yeah. Like it's it is so hard, easy man. to wreck it along the way because you're just like, Oh, I'm gonna go do this and yeah. then it is like, hard. Oh my god! Like I've just then brought a beard or whatever, and like it's just—it's so easy to get rid of. Yeah. Well, I've got like a certain number, and I and I've just booked these holidays and stuff, and you know, the flights and the fucking accommodation yes. and shit, and like my and I'm spending money in the share market again now and all this yep. kind of stuff because I've made some plans, and then I drop below a certain number, and then I've got to get back up to it. And I'm like, fuck. It's, it's so hard. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck, I gotta get this yeah. going again." Hey, eh? it's <laughs> yeah, it's harder. Yeah, the second time round as well. Like, it's it's hard either way. To be honest, you just have to do it though. You have to do it. I'm like, I'm no more investing. The market's too volatile. Then Heartland are like, "We're doing a fucking rights thing. It's a dollar eighty. I'm like, "Ah, oh, yeah, here's five k." <laughs> do I really need another five grand of Heartland shares? I'm like, before I know it, I've clicked the button. The money's gone. I'm like, "Fuck." Okay, uh, second part, ways to save for a home deposit. <sighs> I guess the biggest expense for people is their living. Can you do something in your living space, i.e., can you get a border in? Can you move home? Mm. It depends can you on your personal scenario, eh? But 
Shit, I I um am a huge believer in designing your life to cost as little as possible while you're trying to achieve something. Yep. Um, like I I put a lot of effort into, you know, like I'd go and rent a house and then then get flatmates and you know do all that and basically get it down to a scenario where I paid zero rent by renting out the other rooms at a higher price. Gotcha. Um, I ran a cheap car. Mm. You know, I made sure I was living close to work and I just designed my life to, to a point where I was like, I I can almost live on like just food costs. Yeah, well, Like I got smart. it down so low and fuck, I, I thank my old self for that. I don't do that now as much. I still yeah. carry some of that stuff through. Um, but yeah, like, fuck, it was such a game changer, eh? Because it meant that you, you completely de-risk yourself. So like when I was going self-employed, I did it and... You know, if I had a month where I didn't make any money, it didn't matter because I'd had a little bit of savings there and I knew that my week literally cost 100 bucks. So I'm like, I'm going to be okay to get through this month. Yeah. And then I can see in the future that there's a month coming where I will pay myself. Gotcha. You know? And it just, it just releases so much pressure from yourself. So if you can design your life to live on as little as possible while you're starting to do something... It's a mess. I mean, it's so fucking hard to do. We all live outside our means and fucking afterpay and credit card and like we're all taught get, to, yeah, yeah we're forced that, to get rid of that shit, yeah, and it, do it for a year. Like I literally did it for two years, mm. and fuck, it paid dividends. Yeah, we've got to change who we are, and it's really hard to do. Mm. But you think about okay, so the question is ways to save for a home deposit. So if you want a home deposit, your question to yourself should actually be: Who do I need to become? to have a deposit for a home? That's your question. Not how do I save for a house? How do I save a deposit for a house? The question is, who do I need to become to have a deposit for a house? And then you can figure it out. Then you can yeah. build it. I think if it's a young person and they're single and you can get to 100K income, it's reasonable, like what's that, 71, 72 after tax? Yeah. KiwiSaver? Yep, 71.6. Yep. So it's Reasonable to expect you can live on 20 and save 50. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not shitting you. Yeah. Like, I've done it. Nice. Yeah. And it, it's... You've got to be able to live at home or something, right? Well, or just I, live in a... I had a, I had a four-bedroom house on the back of... <laughs> just another beer going down. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <Dan. laughs> I had a four-bedroom house on the back of Cornwall Park that we lived in one bedroom and rented out the other three. Yeah. And we were net flat. You know, nice. it was like it was like nine hundred dollars a week or whatever, and after we'd rented out all the rooms, everything was paid for. So you took the lease on, then you rented the rest of the rooms out and got yeah. nice. So we had zero rent, zero dollar rent. <laughs> what a guy for like a couple of years or whatever, you know. And then yeah, closest to work and all that kind of stuff. Like it, it is doable, but you have to put the effort into doing it. Yep. So it doesn't. It's not like you can just go rent a house and then it, and then expect to rent the rooms out and not pay rent. Like you'd you'd have to look at it the numbers and be like, oh, if the rent if the rooms are going to rent for two twenty, this house I'm going to end up with rent of three fifty or whatever. Like yeah, do yeah, it. Gotcha. Like put the effort in and, and design it. Um, nice. So yeah, it's doable. Just the last do part of this question is tips on how to stand out at work on your merit and performance, especially when you have colleagues who like playing politics. I fucking hate politics stuff stuff in workplaces. Eh? that must suck. Um, I would say stay away from all of that shit. Just disengage from it. I had a client this week who's doing really well. And they're doing really well because they've done the work to ensure that they do well in a market that's turning down. And they said, I've got oh, to be, that's cool. Yeah. They're like, I've got to be really careful going to the office because everyone's real negative at the moment, but I'm crushing it. 
Yeah, that's cool, eh? Yeah. And it's amazing the challenges. Like, there's always challenges. Yeah. Because this client's like, I want to do better, I want to do better. Now they're doing better, and everyone's doing poorly. And they're like, oh, now i am fucking got to be careful where my attention goes. Because they're like, oh, let's go for a coffee. There's nothing to do. Like, this is bullshit. I can't believe. And she's like... <laughs> No, like, I don't want to be around that. And yeah, so there's yeah. always, you're always learning and you're always doing something. So try and avoid that. My, my suggestion would be try and figure out what your business owner or your boss or the person above you is trying to achieve and help them get to that goal faster because that's how you will stand out. Mm. And even just the basics of, like, being on time, looking someone in the eye, shaking their hand, like, actively listening, all of those things, like, being interested that is so underrated in the form of actually standing out. Because mm. it's so, we're going the other way now where people are like, oh, I should be able to get here when I want and I want a standing desk and we should have M&Ms and bloody free lunches and stuff. And eventually people just go, I feel like I've given you so much. Just like, just fucking do your job. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It sounds harsh, but if you're not so needy and like that I, I reckon that you stand you're going to stand out more yeah in a world where we're going the other way where the employees got all the power and sort of telling the employer how they should run their business and all of that sort of shit and oh well I'll just do a personal grievance against you and stuff like if you just hold yourself to a higher standard mm. then I think you'll stand out when I was at my last job my I stood out because a I was loud uh, I was, was positive, I was energetic, and I got pulled aside one time and told off, Phil and I, like, boys, you need to, you're disrupting the rest of the office. So I mean, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and we, I was like, are you serious, man? Like, I'm like, I feel like we're the only ones bringing any fucking culture to this place. <laughs> but they were like, no, you're you're ruining it. And I think they hired the wrong dudes, and they were worried that we were going to go and start our own thing because they're like, you're going to be good at this if you do yeah and that's exactly what ended yeah, up happening yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've got to understand as well like why are you trying to stand out or what what comes of standing out like what what do you want from that and if there's workplace politics going on what does she mean by that or he i don't know workplace politics especially when like you have colleagues who like playing politics you just tell them hey i'm not interested in this is that is that playing politics like as an in the office person to person Probably, or, you know, or like talking about Labour and National. <laughs> no, hopefully not, but probably. <laughs> no, it's probably you know people talking other people down and trying to you know like make themselves look better and just all that shit that goes on. We, oh yeah, we got businesses, so it's hard for us to sort of like, understand that stuff. But you know all that shit that happens. Oh yeah, work, if, workplace just, politics. Just know if you play that game, your boss won't like it, and you'll end up fired. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, straight to the point. But yeah, stay out of it. And also, like I would um. I just think you, like I always say this, but just become a pro and not giving a fuck about what other people think of you. Yeah. It's a, it's something that is so helpful to you that you can take for the rest of your life if you don't worry about what other people think of you. Well, in that, a, oh, yeah, sorry. Well, I just, and, and it's the one thing that people seem to go the complete opposite way and want like societal affirmation for everything. Yeah. Well, fuck it. Do your own thing and get on with it. In a prior role, I would say, um, like I started saying to some of the staff, like, I don't want to know this. Like this, this won't help me do anything. Like won't help me do my job. Like I don't need to know this. Mm. And it got to a point where 
things would happen, I'd be completely oblivious, and one of the young, other younger staff members would tell me, like, oh, hey, you know, did you blah, 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 and I'm like, fuck, when did that happen? And I'm like, how did no one tell me that? And they're like, oh, they, they don't want to tell you, because, like, <laughs> they, they don't know <laughs> you how you'll react. To fuck off. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, and I was no. like, oh, wow, mean, so I've got a whole week of not having to hear about this shit, and you guys have all been talking about it outside of my office. I'm That's like, what happened to me brilliant. with the news, man. I stopped watching the news in, like, April 2020, and if it's important enough, it makes it to me anyway. Bingo, yeah. I don't need to look at it. Nah, like, someone will send it to you if it's irrelevant to you, right? And then 99.97 of the shit sucks ass anyway, and yeah. it's all, you know, like, it's fine. Mate, let's do this last one, and then we'll do, we can do another one as we go. If you want to leave a question, the link is at the bottom of the email. And this question is, Hi, Champion, I've been enjoying your Goggin-style approach to finance. I've got a reasonably decent salary, but with a few dependents. Fiance, three kids, and a pooch. I'm happy for my partner to focus on our kids rather than work for now, but I'm trying to encourage her to think about the future, whether that be study or a part-time job. She's got a BCom and has a range of experience in this field, but doesn't have the passion for it anymore. Do you have any good ideas what a stay-at-home mum could do to help our financial situation when the kids are all at school and at kindy? I've suggested OnlyFans, but that didn't fly with her. <laughs> what a legend. Wow. <laughs> I think um, I, my, I've, I've watched my sister go through this journey where she's she loved her work and now she's like, oh, I don't want to sit at home and do... She's Like, it's a full-time job being a mum and I think we need to recognise that. It sounds so fucking hard. It sounds worse than a full-time job, if I'm honest. Like, I'm not a worse. massive fan of the stay-at-home mum, eh? If, yeah. If, or like, dad, like, whatever. Yeah, whichever way around you want to do it. I just think, like... If it was me and I had kids and my partner was like going to stay at home, I'd be like, "Cool, if you do that, and like we can either we can either go down the road where if you want to work, then we'll go hard and nanny or whatever, mm. or if you want to stay home, let's fucking nail that shit, and you can be a gangster mum. Um, I'm if she's actually wanting to do something, I. Yeah, she shouldn't focus on what she's not passionate about. That would be my suggestion because it just ends up you just end up going the wrong way. Like mm. you just run out of fizz, and so then it just stops. Um, what I reckon people need like there's not much material in education about about this, but if we go use the term like stay at home mum for instance, and okay, what can she? You know, what could she be doing from home? The answer used to be nothing. Like you can't. But then this thing came along, this big fucking thing called the internet. Yeah, and it's changed the game. Mm. But a lot of people haven't learned how to use it and how to generate some income. My sister, for instance, she hires out snooze to, because it really helped her baby sleep. And what they are is these sort of cot type things and they must shake or, or whatever. Um, bad that I don't even really understand, but don't have children. But it helps them get to sleep and they're a game changer. And she was like, wow, this helped me ma- massively. There's none in New Zealand. Maybe I should rent them. Yeah. And so people come on the website and they book in, hey, I want it from this day to this day. And then she sends them to them and they're like, oh my God, my child's sleeping. This is amazing. Wow. And what she's done is she's seen a problem and gone, this helped me. Or maybe I could make a bit of extra Side cash doing acquired. this. Bingo. And I think people who stay at home, because you have to think most people, they go up in the morning, they go to their job, they come home at night, they're fucking exhausted, they spend time with their family, they eat, they sleep, they do it again. When you have time where you're you're constantly solving problems for a child because mm. they're not solving them for themselves, you're at an unfair advantage where your brain is looking for ways to solve problems. And often I think we'll overlook like, oh, maybe other people want to know this. And I know a dude and his wife who help 
you learn when you first have a baby how to get your child to sleep. And they've built a multi-million dollar business selling that education internationally to the point where they have a Facebook group that has 24-7 support and an app where if you have questions, you can ping them and you get a response. I love how we just, uh, sorry, yeah. (laughs) I was was just going to say, I love how we just watched how your brain works going from like, you just had a kid. You've got an unfair advantage because you're opening your brain to learn. <laughs> There's something wrong with me. Eh? There it definitely is. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I need to go. I need to spend some time with psychologists or something. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah. Fuck. I mean, there will be there will be something you can do from home to make some extra cash, and it could be the easy answer is always start with what you used to do for a job and figure out can you do it remotely. But that's the easy way. The second thing, and just do it in the three hours that you've got spare when your kid's not shitting all over the carpet and you're having to clean it up. Um, yeah, the problem, other th- problem solving is the way. Yeah. Yeah. I do also think that people like lose the passion for like their old jobs and stuff when they're an employee. Um, but then if they go back onto their own terms, sometimes they can enjoy it more. Like if they're mm. self-employed contracting and choosing their hours and things like that, it can be more of an enjoyable thing. Yeah. If it's their skill and they're good at it. But yeah, I mean... I made a video recently about ways to figure out what you could be doing as a side hustle. And I think that this person should go and watch that and watch this with their wife as well. And also understand like their wife might go or their partner or whoever might go, you know what, mate? Like, I don't fucking want to do this. I just want to look after these kids. And that's cool. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Just you've got to work through that together, right? So I guess you don't want to try and force your partner to do something that they don't want to do. But if we start with the belief that there's never been a better time to make some extra cash on the side, we're halfway there, right? Because yeah. then we just have to figure out how to do it. Yeah. There's, fuck yeah, there's heaps of stuff out there. that There's some stuff that I'm learning about at the moment in the internet world that is blowing my fucking mind about how to make money, eh? So, mm. yeah, well, especially work. Especially um, parents, they've got so many new pain points because their life completely changes. So they're willing to pay money. Yeah. So if you can figure out how to monetize that, you're... You're laughing. Yeah. And, you know, look at my mate the other day. I was talking about, I put it on the podcast and the Instagram story. He saw my idea about the side hustle income and he was like, okay, what am I good at? He's like, oh, I'm good at cricket. Maybe I should coach some kids how to play cricket. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was cool, eh? Yeah. Posted into a Facebook group of his local cricket club and was like, hey, does anyone want their coach, uh, their kid to be coached? And he's like, the next morning I woke up and I had three DMs from mums. I'm like, oh, sorry about it. It wouldn't be the first time. Um <laughs> who want me to coach their kids and he's 60 bucks an hour and he's like maybe I could have done 70 I could have done 80 I could have done 90 like I don't know yeah like, well, cool man like, now you're on the path yeah 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 but he's like bang 180 bucks for three hours like it's no, it's no joke yeah yeah that's good eh so it's 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 possible but it is what are your skills and what can you then do to monetize those mate that's an hour of questions shit yeah, we'll, uh, there's still plenty there, so we'll get through some of those on, a, on another pod, but uh, we'll leave it there just so that the this one hour doesn't turn into two hours, but some good stuff there. <laughs> I think to reiterate, like, from these questions, a few other things to think about. One, like, what are you trying to achieve? And actually understand that. And then B, why do you think the way you think? Like, have you thought about doing some learning around the way that you think? Yeah, I think um, you can also just slow down the thinking and start doing eh? Mm, I think it's a massive massive one that we are all guilty of sometimes we overthink yeah and you get caught up in it and then you can start creating scenarios in your head where you shouldn't you know all these things just hit the go button and see what happens I like (laughs) it mate you'll be better off 
there's that saying about taking, you know, imperfect action is, is better than perfection or something like that, where it's basically like just get going on the process and yep. then you'll figure these things out as you go. And at least you're going to be closer to your goal. You're not going to be closer to your goal if you just keep trying to get more information. 100%. Yeah. Action, people. Good questions. If you want to leave a question or submit a question, there's a link at the bottom of every Friday email that will be going out now. So fill that out and we'll read those anonymously. Uh, and thank you to those people who have left a question. I love you like a fat kid, love cake. You know my style, I say anything to make you smile. Girl.